0: Welcome to the Guthrie America podcast. We sit down with amazing people who do life in our community because we believe every story should be told. I'm your host, Hedy Coleman. Today, I'm sitting down with the one and only Chris Legrand. Before we jump in this conversation with Chris, I want to thank our sponsor, Kevin Craft, and his team at State Farm. He and his team take great care of my family with our life insurance, our... Um, our car insurance, our home insurance, just really great people. Uh, also, would you please go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, Hedy Coleman, where this podcast will be hosted at, but then also on your favorite podcast app, leave us a review. Chris, it is a delight to be able to have you. you are We're in my home. Thank you for being in my home. Yeah. Thank you for taking time to do this. Uh, I just want to jump right into this thing, uh, be mindful of your time and all that stuff. But but before we do that, well, I'm not going to go to our questions right away, okay? Okay. And so um, I just want to say whenever you're around town now, people call you Chris, Mr. Legrand, whatever – because of you once being a coach and a school teacher, is it weird when people just call you Chris now? If you see a student, they call you Chris.
1: It is kind of unusual because I'm used to being in more of a formal setting, like uh-huh. a school, in a position of authority, and someone calling me Coach Coach LeGrand or Mister LeGrand. Uh, but if they just call me Chris, it is kind of unusual. <laughs> I, I kind of I'm like, okay, that's well, wait a minute, which which hat am I wearing now? And so I have to kind of take off the administrator hat and then turn you know basically switch over to i'm just another person here in the community of guthrie and so i'm i'm, I'm good with that i'm yeah. okay, i'm okay with that you know uh, it is weird though or unusual because my mother taught me as, as a young yeah. man you uh-huh. know and, as a young boy that you know anyone in position of authority you need to address them by their their title whether yeah. it's mr or doctor or whatever they are and and just to show them the, that respect and admiration yeah. but you know that, that's okay because like I said I've changed roles I've retired I'm 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 just a person now here in the community and so if they just want to call me Chris that's fine and and I'll and I'll adapt to it but I will tell you by and large Everyone still says either Mr. LeGrand or Coach LeGrand. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, it just happened here a little bit ago. It, Preston it, it, sees you, and he calls you coach. And it, I and I always forget because I didn't know you as coach. Okay, right? Okay. I wasn't around Guthrie whenever you were coach. When I don't know when that was. Yeah,
1: that what? that would have been from 1991 to about 2005.
0: Okay. Yeah. Were Were you coach at middle school? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was about to say because yeah. 91, I was in high school, so I wouldn't have been in the. the junior high right yeah yeah so uh, i i wouldn't have known that about about you in that time and then i graduated and all that stuff so yeah but i i knew you're mr LeGrand, principal Uh Uh is what i pretty much have interacted with you on now because you've kind of worn those hats uh as coach and, and mr LeGrand, i'm just curious on how your family would describe you if they were sitting in that chair. what would they say about you
1: okay that that's a really good question um because my wife and I often talk about this and my children and I kind of talk about, you know, me and who I am and what I represent. But I would say that by and large, I would say that he is going to be reliable, dependable. He's going to show up each and every day to work. You know, he's going to roll up his sleeves. He's going to tackle those hard decisions. And he's going to give it his all 110%. You know, and my mother al- always taught me that if you're going to do something, you need to do it to the best of your ability and, and don't do it halfway. And and so sometimes when people ask me, you know, what's a what's something a quote or something that maybe you don't like or or or, or agree with and that's it's good enough. You know, and oh, yeah. I, and a lot of times you'll hear people say, "Okay, that that'll work. It's good enough. It's yeah. good enough." Well, to me, good enough never is. And so I've always wanted to do whatever I can to the best of my abilities and and I would hope that people would say and and I think my 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 children would say you know he's a he's a really good dad. Yeah. My wife would say he's a good father, he's a good husband. And and it's because whatever I choose to do or set out to do I do it to the best of my abilities.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So so out of that like hearing hearing these things about you now your wife has been with you for uh I think we talked about you being married 31 years now, all that stuff, and she sees that about you. Do you think the same person uh, when you all met, like the story of when you all met, would she still say it lines up today? Tell us about how you all met each other.
1: Okay, so, uh, by the way, my wife is still teaching at Guthrie Junior High. She's been there now. I think she said this is year 26. She does keyboarding and, and computers at the at the junior high. But she often – she and I joke about this quite a bit because she said – if i had grown up in guthrie and knew you when you were in junior high and high school we probably would have never dated or gotten married because you were probably a little bit on the reckless side and and i'll just kind of leave it at that but uh anyway so it's an interesting story uh, her, she is a, a what we call a PK or preacher's kid. Her, her father is a Nazarene minister, and so her senior year in high school, they were living in Chelsea, Oklahoma, which is is a small—it's about the size of, of, of Crescent, Oklahoma, but it's in northeastern Oklahoma by Claremore. And uh, they—our church, um, the Nazarene church, south of Guthrie, is called Grace Church of the Nazarene on Sooner Road. Uh, actually extended a call to her dad to be our our minister we were looking for a pastor and so this was in january and he said you know um i would love to come now but my daughter is a senior in high school and i don't want to just up and move her in the middle of her senior year and he said but if you will wait until this summer in may or june i'll be more than glad to come and so fast forward to june Uh, We'd just gotten out of high school, just graduated. And I show up at church that first Sunday that he's there. And she looks over to her sister. Her sister is two and a half years younger. In fact, it's Shalene Winscott, who's our Logan County Election Board Secretary. Um, But she looks at her sister and says, I'm going to marry that guy someday. And true story, of course, unbeknownst to me, you know, I had no idea. Uh, But anyway, she thought, here is a nice looking guy. Yeah. A Nazarene boy goes to church. Uh, he he appears to have his stuff together, so this may be the one. And needless to say, several weeks later, we ended up going on a date uh, to Frontier City. Oh, wow. She, yeah, and and, and, and she, she'll tell you, she actually asked—she didn't really ask. It wasn't a date, but she worked at Tinker Credit Union, and they had a company picnic at Frontier City. Okay. And so they got to bring a guest, and so— <laughs> She said, "Hey, do you want to go with me to this to Frontier City for this picnic and we'll get to eat and hang out." And it was just so crazy because I thought after that first time together, we had a lot of fun. And so I asked her out to pizza the next week. And one thing, and we fell in love. And here we are 31 years later. And Wow, awesome.
0: that is so awesome. Congrats. And y'all have how many children? We
1: have three girls. I'm a girl dad.
0: Oh, my goodness. So you're the only guy in the house. I am. What I is, am. What is something that somebody probably doesn't think about uh, when, they're, when you live with all ladies?
1: You learn... In a hurry to bite your tongue, to close your mouth, yes, ma'am, we'll get that taken care of. Because happy wife, happy life, okay, with with four women in the house— if you're not making them happy you're going to be unhappy so don't try to beat them join them
0: yeah just join it. that's right you know i so i have uh two boys and then the youngest is a girl and so of course i my wife is in now, so she's a she's a female but i remember when my daughter was six and i tried to wake her up for school and she just she just starts crying like i think she's up a little bit but she just starts crying i'm like what is going on? And she's like, Dad, you just don't understand. Like, you're a guy. You don't know what's going on. Like, ever since then, I just kind of kept my my place and yes. referred to mom almost. That's, things. That, that, that's <laughs>
1: right. That's right. And so, as far as, you know, brushing the hair and putting yeah, all, in braids and all that, you know, picking out clothes and just, you know, empathizing with those hormones and the emotionality of of, of females. You know, I've just kind of let her run that. But yet at the same time, I've tried to be that loving, nurturing, supporting father to make them feel like, you know, that they are loved and they're cared for. And that, you know, if they have tough times or hard times, they're going to feel Confident and 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 feel very comfortable coming and visiting coming with me that. about that. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's good. That's good. um Now we know that. Um, we know that you've been around Guthrie for a long time, mm-hmm. and so tell me some of the things that you've seen change in Guthrie, America over the years that okay. you feel like stand out to you.
1: Yeah, so I was born in Guthrie. In fact, it um, I was born in uh, at the hospital, Alverno Heights, on the west side of town, which is now a retirement center. They, we call it the old hospital. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh But I was born there, raised there. You know, went to school here, graduated here, and came back to to, to be a part of the community. I, I enjoyed it so much. But probably the biggest thing that I've noticed is just that the growth in, in our community and with businesses. Uh, you know, I, 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 talk about when I was young, um, we had one Sonic. We didn't have all those restaurants on the East side of town. Now the, the loves and the, uh, golden chick and, and all the Brahms and all those businesses. But we had one Sonic, uh, on division street, which is still there. Uh, now, when you
0: say one Sonic, so people really understand, like, there was no McDonald's either. No. It there was, was just the signing. That's right. No Walmart, no.
1: Now there was that. a Brahms, which is, it used to be a Mexican restaurant right yeah, there in just, front of the health yes, department. Okay. Okay. And that was a Brahms. And, but, uh, yeah, there was, and there was pizza hut, which is Kevin crafts yep, building. Yeah, that, uh-huh. that was a pizza yep. hut, but that was, and that was basically the extent of it. Yep. I mean, you know, no boomerang like we have now, uh, we had a Hilltop Cafe, which was really cool. It was actually yeah. right across the street from the drive-in and because yeah. and it was on top of a hill, and they called yeah. it the Hilltop. Uh-huh. And Coach Chapel and I loved to go on there, and, and, and had, they had a, a salad that was just incredible, chef salad. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we would we would drag Maine, is what we'd call it. We'd, we'd start at Sonic and, and drive up to Oklahoma Street and then go down past the Junior High and then right there at the Temple, turn around, And then go back down. Would you turn around in
0: the loop or would you go all the way around
1: the temple? Typically, we would just, we wouldn't even go to the loop. (laughs) We would just make an illegal turn right there in the middle of of Capitol in Oklahoma. (laughs) And then just drive back down. (laughs) And then it was so cool, though, because people would get out of their cars there just to the south. And now they've kind of put up an iron kind of a fence there. Uh, But... A lot of people would just park there right next to that little street, just just south uh, of Sonic there and just get out and just and we'd hang out. yeah I yeah. mean yeah. It, it, and that that was kind of our, our, our thing. and of course we don't have that anymore, but just to see all of the growth and, and uh, the opportunity and, and another thing I think is so cool is all these homes on the, the east side of town and, and, yeah. and now kind of on North Division, people have gone in there and they've bought these homes yeah. and they were kind of old and dilapidated yeah. and they've basically remodeled them and yeah. made them into really nice, cute little what I call bed and breakfast style yeah, homes yeah. and renting those or, or people are buying them and, yeah. or they're being flipped. And it's so cool because it's just like revitalizing and re-energizing and, and just really adding a sense of, of awe and wonder to our community yeah. that was just kind of old and historic. And now it's just growing and it's vibrant and, and it's awesome to see.
0: Yeah. No, I, I like to, some of the homes, like some of them, they've made to build some modern looking homes as well Mm -hmm. amongst the historical uh, the the homes that have been around for a while Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of cool to see because the modern they kind of made them to where they would fit within the historic homes and so I really like that about what's going on in Guthrie and and that's so so true and and thinking about you cruising in high school on the main drag or (laughs) whatever (laughs) (laughs) hanging out in Sonic I will say before uh, I go to this next question I remember when um I moved back together in two thousand seven and I was dri one night I ended up out late or something like that and I drove through, th- and there was no kids. It was like quiet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Where are all the kids at? Nobody's hanging out in the parking lots and yeah. cruising the streets or anything like that. And so it was kinda weird that those things were not happening anymore. And then I was like, Well, what are the kids doing? Like where are they at? Where are they hanging out at? Like you couldn't all be in somebody's house because, I mean, you're talking about hundreds of kids hanging out yeah. on Division and throughout the uh, town, uh, but you could all see everybody hanging out on the strip. Yeah. People would have their different spots. And I was like, where are kids hanging
1: out at? What are they doing now? What are they yeah.
0: doing? Yeah. You know, and then I, I learned social uh, social media and t- uh, games have become the, the hangout. And that's
1: what I was going to yeah. say is I bet they are at home playing games. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah,
0: when my son got married – all, I tell people, like, all of his groomsmen except one, I think, were from somewhere around the United States, mm-hmm. you know? And, and they all been hanging out on games for years <laughs> to such a degree that he felt like these are the people that should be his groomsmen. Yeah. So it's real relationships happening there. But uh, knowing that you were doing that that many years ago, and you graduate from high school, you transitioned, did you think one day you would be the principal at the high school that you graduated from?
1: No way. I mean, that's, you know, reflecting back on what I've done in my career, I, I never really envisioned being an administrator or principal at a school. Now, when I graduated in 1986, I, I enrolled at Oklahoma State, uh, and I started out in pre-med physical therapy. And so I'd taken a lot of chemistry classes, science classes, biology types classes, zoology, uh, physiology. And about my junior year, I, you know, I got to thinking, these classes are getting pretty tough, and I'm going to have to make an application to get in, you know, medical school. And I've always loved education, and I school was fun. I mean, I did well in school. Um, and so I enjoyed the extracurricular activities, just being around people, the socialization. And so I tell people all the time and, 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 and a lot of people don't believe me, but it's a true story, true fact that in my immediate family, which is my four siblings, I have three brothers and a sister. And then my mom and dad, I'm the only one with a college degree. And so um, I I liked education. I valued it. I, I really realized these significance are the importance. So I thought, you know what? I've had all these science classes. I really love education. I'd like to, to, to go into education. And so I went ahead and changed my, my major to education, took some education classes because I had all the, the science classes pretty much, and ended up student teaching at Putman City High School and... I was student teaching physics and chemistry believe it or not I mean and and I had kids in that class and those classes that were like going to Harvard and Yale, I mean, these Ivy League schools. And you, you talk about for this young, young man that was just getting into education, I was in essence a day ahead of the kids. I mean, these kids were very intelligent, and I would go home and do all my homework, get ready, be prepared. And, and the next day I found out in a hurry that if we would just collaborate and let those kids teach each other, they were really learning a lot, so I would just say, hey, here's the problem, go put it up on the board, work it out, and explain it to your classmates, and, and, and you know what, those kids learned a lot, I learned a lot, yeah. and it was a great experience. Yeah,
0: no, it's, it's really, uh, hearing you say that about the students, and giving them the opportunity to just teach, it's kind of, I, was, I tell, we were talking about this earlier, it's kind of like homeschool, like, kids learning how to teach themselves is incredible, like, and so many of these kids are bright, but it's always good to have that person there to help guide that uh-huh. uh, as they're doing that. But yeah, so you was like, you become the principal one day. Uh, what was, what was that like? Cause now you're the principal of the school that you graduated from. What kind of feeling did that create? Was that the style? like, what was that like? I'm just trying to. Yeah.
1: So, you know, and, and to kind of just piggyback on what I said a little bit earlier. So I ended up, uh, getting a job at Guthrie Junior High, and I was a science teacher, and then a, a coach. I did football, basketball, and baseball at the, at the junior high, and then about ten years in, the principal at the time, Tim Rawls, uh, said, "Have you ever thought about going into administration?" And I thought, well, "No, I I love what I do. I love being around kids each and every day." And he goes, "I think you'd be a really good good principal." So it was about that time that Southern Nazarene University was starting there. it was called the MAEL, which is the Master of Arts in Educational Leadership Program, and it was a Wednesday night class for 18 months. And it was designed for coaches, because as coaches, we didn't have any kind of games on Wednesday nights, it's church night. And so basically for the next 18 months, I attended class there every Wednesday night from 6 o'clock to 10, and believe me, those professors weren't, into you know we're going to get out at 8 30 or 9 we're going till 10 o'clock you know so it was four hours uh, every Wednesday night and got my uh, administrative degree and then ended up in Edmond for three years but still lived in Guthrie so I've always lived in Guthrie Um, and then uh, a job at the high school came open for an assistant principal like you know I want to get back to Guthrie my wife was there my kids are there you know it's hard when you're in another town and and they're getting awards at school they're having assemblies or having a field trip and you just can't leave, and yeah. then come back, and then go back to work. So I came back to Guthrie, and then uh, I was an assistant at the high school under Chad Wilson, and then he left, uh, and then I became the principal. And and it was just so cool because, you know, it's like, here I am. I get to lead the school that I was a student of, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, and, and just to see it grow and change and, and add on to and, and just... I mean, just all of the changes have taken place up there under Dr. Simpson's leadership. It's just been amazing. But at the same time, I still had a couple of the teachers, Coach Michoud, who's still there, and... And, you know, rest your soul, uh, Joyce Allen, who, yeah. you know, unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago. She was a teacher, uh, and she was my teacher. So I actually had some of those people yeah. that were teachers there. And, and and that was probably the the coolest thing was that I came back, and I was actually, you know, Miss Allen's boss when she was my teacher. Yeah. <laughs> so. What was that
0: like, navigating that as a leader now – leading people who once taught you like did you have to learn something in that or did it just kind of happen for you or was there somebody who mentored you through that
1: yeah so a lot of it was just that you know what you're the leader of this building and now your role or your hat is different and so you know now it's it's a matter of instead of taking instruction from someone i'm actually giving instruction yeah. or giving encouragement or guidance and and you know it, and it, especially for teachers that have been doing it a long yeah. long time like she had and, and some of the other teachers in the building and trying to get them on board with new technology you know that that's where i came in and i thought you know what i can utilize some of my skill set that i've been able to learn in this profession, and actually help some of these older and veteran teachers, yeah. you know, embrace this idea of t- and technology and some of these new teaching strategies to get kids engaged yeah. and so that th- they will want to learn in your class.
0: Yeah, and also for you, you had classroom experience, so it wasn't as though you were coming in just right. as the principal, not having right. any classroom experience or anything like that. And so I'm sure that kind of helped give you a little bit of, uh, a little bit of, um, that's the word that I'm looking for? Buy-in yeah. from federal teachers.
1: I, and I agree because, you know, I had, I was a teacher for 15 years. And, you know, our laws, state laws in Oklahoma require that you're a teacher for three years before you become an administrator. And so some teachers just teach that minimum then go right into administration. But I had taught in the classroom, in the science classroom, uh, you know, five hours a day for, yeah. for 15 years. And so I think that, heralded a little bit of respect and admiration and so I knew what it was like to be in a classroom and I learned quickly that if you are going to be a good administrator and a good leader you never want to forget what it was like to be a teacher and as a teacher you never want to forget what it's like to be a student
0: right right yeah that's really good that's really good so um now, out of, out of something I do know about you, we were having a conversation the other day. Just kind of changing gears here a little bit, is that you're a runner. Yeah. Like, yeah. You were talking about going for a run just the other
1: day. How did you get into running? Okay. Okay. So, I was pretty athletic in high school. I played football and basketball, and uh, probably had the opportunity to play college baseball on as a smaller school. No, I wasn't Division One talent, but probably NAIA division do three and so I didn't because I just wanted to really focus on academics so when I came back uh I I will tell you I mean you look at me now and you think that guy was out of shape but um once I got to college I probably put on a few pounds I was actually I worked in a kitchen you know and so started kind of eating a little bit more put on a little extra weight uh, and then did some teaching, you know, and then coaching, and you're always gone. And, you know, as a, as a former athlete, you always stop at McDonald's after games, all this fast food stuff. So started gaining a little bit of weight, getting out of shape. And then this this is where it really got me, okay? So I was an assistant uh, principal at Cimarron Middle School in Edmond, for for three years and each year if you're going to be able to drive a bus you have to take a physical and i I wanted to keep my cdl as an administrator to be able to take kids on field trips and if you know we needed someone to fill in as a bus driver i was available so i go to the doctor to get my annual physical to so i could get my cdl and they come back and they said sir your blood pressure is really high and i'm like "Do what uh, and i could I, I mean i'm thinking high blood pressure i'm i'm 25 years old i shouldn't yeah. have high blood pressure so at that point i thought you know what i need to kind of change some things yeah. and so started kind of watching what i was eating a little bit but then this is where it gets interesting so when i was when i came back to guthrie's assistant principal we're in the summertime and we're working and chad wilson and brett stone chad was the, the principal brett Stone's assistant he goes you know what chad goes every day at lunch we go up and run a mile at the track. I'm like, a mile at the track? Okay. You want to run with us? Okay. So I go up to the track and we run a mile and they're kind of sweating real hard and breathing real hard. And I'm like, that wasn't much. Yeah. I mean, that, that wasn't much at all. Yeah. So it, at that point I'm like, well, I want to do two miles. And then two miles became three miles. And then Kind of fast forward, I've run three half marathons now, and I was really training to do a full marathon, but I started having some knee and back problems. Yeah. And so now I try to keep my runs between five and six miles, and I'll, I'll still try to do half marathons every once in a while.
0: Wow. So you've been running now pretty consistently for how many years?
1: For about, for about 15 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I try to run three to four times a week, four to five miles each okay. time. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's cool. That's really cool. Now, now running is pretty, uh, you know, like not everybody's jumping out to run three or four miles. So, uh, out of that, another thing that I know that that you do that's pretty work intensive is roofing. Like, how did you get into roofing? <laughs> like, <laughs> people probably don't know how many roofs that you've actually done over however many years, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: you know, I, I lost count. I, I've probably – roofed close to a hundred homes wow. over the last thirty-two years. Yeah. Um I I got into roofing another interesting story. My as I told you, my father in law is a minister. Well, he's always been a, a a pastor at small churches, so he's been bivocational. And okay. do you know what I mean yes, by I bivocational. I mean. And so uh, he was bivocational and he started roofing when he was in college at Southern Nazarene and and had roofed on the side, you know, uh, to make extra money for the family. And that that first summer, uh, after Cheryl and I started dating. I I was over at the house and he goes, Chris, I got a roof to do in Edmond. You want to you you want to help me tomorrow? And I'm like, well, it's summertime. I'm out of school. I'm looking for something to do. And I thought, Oh, well, okay, I guess. And so we load up, get in the truck, and go to Edmond. I I learned how to do wood roofs. I mean, shake roofs. And that because at that time, that's all people put on their homes were those shake roofs. Well, then I I got into composition roofs and he finally got to the point where he, he got older and he couldn't do it anymore. So he gave me all his tools. And, and so as a teacher, it was an awesome job because, you know, in the summertime here I've got two and a half months, you know, to find something to do. And so I supplemented my income. And I'll just be honest with you, it's it's basically became the savings fund for my, my daughters for their college. Yeah. And so I uh, was able to kind of – take that money, uh, save it and, and put it into a savings account for college. And, and it, it really helped supplement my income. And, and I, and I tell you, I loved it. It kept me in decent shape. I mean, it is pretty labor intensive. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, just that hard work. There's something about, you know, working hard and, and feeling good and looking up there afterwards and saying, you know, job well done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It kind of goes back to the thing that your mama taught you too. Like, Yes. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so uh, yeah. out of that, I feel like that's what's kind of been something that's been pushing you to even taking your health seriously. Like yeah. putting that hard work to do the thing right. And uh, you've been doing that. And so what's something about roofing like most people may not know? Like when putting on a roof, what's something that I, the, the normal everyday person like myself wouldn't know? You
1: know what? One, I, that's a great question. And I've never been asked that <laughs> by just the average person. But it is very... A extremely difficult ripping off old shingles that are up there, especially when you get multiple layers of shingles, like two or three layers, because there's so many nails and all. Because what you have to realize is there are eight shingles in every, or I'm sorry, eight nails in every shingle on a roof, okay? In every shingle? Yes, there oh are my eight. Goodness. Because there's four, one on the end and then two in the middle. And then on the, the the next shingle that goes on top of the previous shingle, you get four more nails across the very top of that shingle, which is in the middle of the shingle that goes on top of it. So there are eight nails in every shingle. And so when you think of two and three layers of shingles up there, that is a lot of intensive work. So, yeah. and then the second part is, is that it is actually a skill and it's a craft because, you don't want leaks. You don't have to come back. And so when you have to do around chimneys or skylights or valleys where there's a lot of water, you have to be very careful and meticulous on how you place that flashing, that metal flashing, and how you interlace those shingles and that metal flashing so that you don't get leaks. And so it's a lot of people think that it's just simple. I'm just going to go there and put on shingles. But it's actually a skill and a craft, and it's a lot of work.
0: Yeah, I've never looked at it and thought, that looks easy to me. (laughs) Now, let me ask you this. So, I don't know how long nail guns have been around, Mm -hmm. but I'm assuming now that's what you use nail guns. Was there ever a time where you did not have to use a nail gun to put on a roof?
1: One time when my father-in-law was bragging about when he first started, all he did was hand nailing. Well, the, 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 the gentleman or the roofing company that we worked for at that time, said, you know what, I've got a, a roof, and the homeowners are insisting that they want it hand-nailed because they think it's better. So we ended up doing a hand-nail job because they had requested it. And I'm like, you know what, I'm not hand-nailing anymore. I don't do hand-nail jobs. I use the uh, pneumatic <laughs> gun, which is hooked yeah. up to a compressor, and it's so much easier and faster. Who? How would you imagine that being better? uh well it's because they wear these <laughs> and they they have a, it's a little bitty metal box they put around their net it's real interesting it's called a stripper because you strip the nails out of it basically and you put all the nails in there and they line up in a little straight line and what you do is you just pull them out the end four at a time and just boom 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 and i guess it's the way that you hold them in your hands and you know i didn't do it long enough <laughs> Nor did I care to learn how to do that. To prove if it, yeah. It. And so I thought I am not messing with that, and I'm not going to, you know, beat up my fingers trying to learn how to hold them between oh my, my fingers. Oh my goodness! That's yeah, crazy. there's no
0: way in the world. Nah. And I think that's what I, when I look at a roof, uh, I'm thinking, man, surely nobody has ever had to hand nail a roof, but they have. Yeah, yeah. And, the time frame that it would take to.
1: But, you know, there are people that if they do it all the time, they're really good at it, and they're yeah, I'm efficient imagine. and fast. Yeah. But uh, for the average person that just does it every once in a while, yeah, it's just yeah. It's not worth Bring, it. Pull out the gun. Yep. Let's
0: pull out the uh, nail gun and, yeah. and make this thing work. That's right. Uh, you know, one of the things, going back to schools, because uh, that's just a big part of a community, is Guthrie has a homecoming parade, mm-hmm. which I didn't know that there's most, a lot of places don't have homecoming parades. Right. Guthrie makes a really big deal out of homecoming. And praise in general in Guthrie are a big deal. Yeah. 89 Parade, all these different parades. Do you have a parade spot? I'm always wondering if you have a parade spot because I think I know where your parade spot is because uh-huh. I've been in parades. Uh-huh. Tell me where your parade spot is. You, is it different when you're with your family? You,
1: no. In fact, we go to the same place every year. It's And it it doesn't matter when or what time of the year or what parade it is. It's it's our spot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And it's right there, it's right there, uh, it's just two blocks down, well, actually, it's, it's, it's about a block down from the junior high, just directly west of Guthrie Junior yeah. High, yeah. and uh, it's right there, I'm trying to remember, um, I have to remember, it's so funny, because I've lived in Guthrie all these years, and, you don't know and the side I don't know the streets, <laughs> because I just know landmarks, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah. it's actually right there, like I said directly two blocks west of the, of the junior hair on the south side of the street and, yeah. the, and we all sit there together every year and we yeah. get there early and 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 park just directly south uh a couple blocks down uh, right along the street and then just walk up to our spot
0: i just think it's so funny now that i've been doing these uh podcasts these episodes and interviewing mm-hmm. people sit down with people everybody has a pray if like if they're from guthrie they Everybody I've talked to just about had a spot for the parade. Like, this is our spot. This is where we're going to. And it's really cool. And uh, I think that's part of who we are makes up who we are as a community. I, I
1: think I it's like at church where everyone yeah. has a pew. <laughs> yes. Don't sit in my that. pew, don't sit in my spot yeah, at the parade.
0: Uh, Yeah. Do not <laughs> be in my spot. You know that's my spot. <laughs> yeah. You cannot sit there. Yeah, I come to church some days and I know that when new people are sit down and they're in so and so like that's where so and so and them sit. Yeah. And I think God does that every once in a while with certain people just so we can have the conversation like now, you know this is a church. Like, you just don't. That's right. Like, you're here to serve people. You're here to love folks.
1: Who- <laughs> That's right. You can get up and move and, and, and make yeah. them welcome wherever yes. they sit.
0: Yes, you, you, you will be all right. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Yep. So, uh, going to school here, I, this was on the, the thing, but I'm just curious. Like, is there some teachers that stand out to you from your time in Guthrie that you Uh, reflect on every now and then that may impact on your career yeah
1: you know it's often said that next to either a parent or a grandparent the most influential people or person in your life is a teacher or teachers and and I truly believe that of course I'm biased I'm an educator been doing it for 32 years but I truly believe that that coaches and teachers have a profound impact on on kids' life and so One of the reasons, uh, and and back in in 2001, I was actually Guthrie Teacher of the Year and one of the finalists for Oklahoma Teacher of the Year, and I had to do a portfolio, and part of that portfolio was, you know, who was instrumental in you becoming a teacher? And and so several times, and she knows this, Peggy Momsen, uh, Peggy Fleck at the time, um, she was my eighth-grade science teacher, and I loved her. And what I really admired about her is that she gave – And this was before differentiation was a big thing, you know. used to be, you know, teachers would just throw it out there, and it was like a chicken coop. You either get it or you don't. You know, and you fight for it, and if you want it, you get it, and if you don't, you don't. Well, back before differentiation and helping each and every uh, individual student was a thing, she gave, whenever we had a test, she had three different levels of tests. She had Form A, Form B, and Form C because she wanted her kids to be successful, and so... A was difficult, B was not quite as difficult, and C was a little bit more on level. And and looking back now and knowing what I know now, I thought, how ingenious was that, because she didn't want to give a really difficult test to a kid that struggled yeah. and, and basically lose all their hope and aspirations and basically turn them off to science, yeah. you know? And so she would give them something that she knew that they were able to be successful on. And so I got the A one, which was really, really hard. And this is so funny. Um, we would get with people in the other classes that had already taken the test <laughs> and say, hey, what's on that test? And so they'd give us the answers, and she caught wind of it. And so when she did, she didn't tell us. So next time we had a test, I get a different test from everybody. And it didn't have any of the same questions that any of those other tests had. It was just special for me, man. And I'm like scratching my head. (laughs) And I'm like, this woman knows. She knows what she's doing. So, But anyway, I loved her. She was so supportive. And then uh, Carolyn Hendricks, Richard Hendricks, you know, that's in charge of the Sports Museum. I had his wife for uh, my sophomore and senior year of high school in English. And she was really instrumental and pushing me and, and and you know wanting to get the best out of me, and I, I still attribute the fact that I'm a I'm a really good writer. I mean that a lot of people don't know that about me. I don't choose to write, but when I write, I, I I'm a really good writer. And uh, she was instrumental in teaching me how to to, to the components of writing and and, and uh, you know making good s- subject verb agreement and sentence structure and things like that. And then and then I was like. To tell people, Willie Young, you know, again, another, another, just uh, an anchor in our community for many, many years. You know, he was a junior high in fact he was my junior high uh, history teacher and basketball coach and then he was high school baseball coach and athletic director at the junior high for a long time pillar of the community um, just so encouraging and positive and and just a mentor to me when I was getting into the teaching and coaching profession Um, and then Gerald Reed and he passed away a few years ago he was our head high school baseball coach and he had uh, a, a big influence on me as well so those those individuals specifically,,
0: uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I always you know, I love to advocate for teachers, and encourage teachers because I just understand the role that they play, sometimes it's even beyond education, mm-hmm. you know, just being to support kids who may not be getting the support and love that they need at home, yeah. uh education is great, but I think it's those kind of things that really make teachers that much more. Uh, special to me uh, mm-hmm. when I see them doing that and helping kids really just navigate life mm-hmm. in a lot of in a lot of ways. And another thing that's interesting to me is kind of like you point out. You you talk about an eighth grade teacher. You went to one teacher who was in eighth grade that you spent a year with, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That you have held something on from that relationship. This impacted you now many mm-hmm. years later to where you're still talking about her in such a way yeah. that's, that's enduring. And so, and sometimes you don't even remember all your teachers, but you just have those ones yes, that just stood out to you and you don't know what it was. Right. Uh, but yeah, and so that's good. Now, a lot of us don't know what differentiate means.
1: Okay. that <laughs> I, Hey, that's a great question. So basically all your kids, when they come to you, they're all on different levels. I mean, gotcha. it, it's almost like, whenever there's a a, a race you know we all start the race but we all don't finish the race at the same time you know and so basically kids come to you at all different skill levels and skill sets and knowledge bases and so what you try to do is meet them where they are and take them and progress them to greater heights and so kids I mean you may have for example some kids that know already how to to you know, add 2 plus 2 or how to take X and subtract it from Y, and some kids don't. Gotcha. And so what you have to do is you have to help them and meet them where they are, teach them those skills that they may be lacking or deficient in, and, and take them up. Likewise, if you already know the materials and you want to present them information, to help them learn at an accelerated or an advanced pace. So that's, that's kind of what I mean by that. Yeah. And so you're not giving the same lesson to everybody in class. I mean, you may be lecturing the same, but wh- how you're teaching them and how you're and, and putting them into groups based on their ability, uh, yeah. you know, it helps them to learn at their particular pace so that they can grasp that information and you can close those gaps and get them to where they need to be. Yeah,
0: that's good. That's good. Uh, can you share some ways that you see, uh, best to give back to your community?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I think probably the most important thing is do something that you don't expect to be paid for in return. Mm-hmm. You, you know, so often today, unfortunately, people's like, "Well, what's what's in it for me? What yeah. am I going to get out of? It? How much are you going to pay me?" Yeah. And so I'm I'm big into, you know what? There's just some things that you do out of the goodness and selflessness of your heart, you know, and and you don't expect anything in return for yeah. it. And, and so I think you can do that by, like, you know being in in civic groups and organizations around town like you know when i was principal i i I made it point to 10 rotary every monday you know and 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 we took a and and part of that was rotary student of the week but whether it's kiwanis club lions club you know just getting involved and doing things and not expecting anything in return other than the fact that you're helping others and paying it forward i think that's so important and crucial um I think a part of giving back to the community is like you talked about parades. I think just attending events like going to red brick nights and hanging out and saying hi to people, you know, you and I have seen each other there before going to the parades, the activities, the events, uh, whether that be, you know, and that's what's so cool about Guthrie is just the chambers done a good job of getting in these events and, and, you know, just like the Victorian walk or or Christmas, you know, and hanging out and being a part of that and just supporting that. And then, you know, Keeping your business here in town. Yeah, you know what I mean, and and so I, I I get gas even though I work in Oklahoma City now. I always get gas. Yeah, right. You know, at the the quick stop right there by my house. So I think that's part of it, but I also think being in education, like I have been for so many years, I think ultimately that is giving back, and because what you're doing is you're making an impression and you're influencing others. And in this case, kids that are going to become adults that are going to be parents someday and grandparents. And being able to know that you had a part of that and that their experience was so enjoyable that they want to come back to Guthrie and and raise their family and their kids here as well.
0: Yeah. No, so good. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that. And you kind of already hit on this. My next question was just, what does it mean, Choose Guthrie mean to you?
1: Yeah. Well, to me, Choose Guthrie is come here take up roots here um get your kids involved yeah. in the community in the schools uh and and raise your family here because i i think it's a great place to live yeah. i i i mean obviously i've i tell people i've lived here my entire life and in essence i even when i worked in edmond i still lived in guthrie we mm-hmm. never moved and so i've been here um you know for almost 57 years now and uh, I love it I think it's a great place to live um, I think it's a great place to raise your family it's still small and quaint but it's not real big but yeah. it's close enough to Oklahoma City and Edmond now yeah. I mean, we're growing so much but still has all the amenities close to home and uh, I, I just think support it you know do your shopping here um, when you can and yeah. uh, support the people that are Working hard day in and day out to make a difference.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's so good. Yeah, talking about that getting gas, I was almost on e the other day. You it was like 32 miles or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's just enough to get, get the gas and Guthrie. So I made it to I made it to Lowe's right off the highway <laughs> to get gas within our city limits. You know, and so, but it's those it's those kind of things, and you can't always be doing things here, but making it a priority is the key as well. We want to see as far as that choose Guthrie we choose got three goals and so thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. I know that we went a little over most people won't know but this is take 2 because I kind of started out battery died. <laughs> Thing's kind of like that happens but man, I appreciate you. Thank you for the work that you've Absolutely. done in our community and how you've invested in, it, in your wife and uh, just having a great family to uh, represent our community and doing well and thank you for the work you continue to do in education. Uh, I believe education is a big part of the foundation of our communities. Uh, in in world you know and so mm-hmm. so thank you for the work you're doing. you've been invested for so many years uh, you got any last parting words
1: no I just you know thank you so much Eddie for having me man I I, I, I admire you the work that you've done in, in promoting our city and choose Guthrie I think that's awesome and uh, you know just your positivity and And I I know even as principal, uh, so many times you bring things for us or words of encouragement or text messages or things like that. I think that's so cool, and I think it's important that we don't forget people that are working in those trenches each and every day to make a difference and making sure they get that praise and adoration that they deserve. So thank you for what you do as well. I appreciate
0: it. I appreciate that. And thank you all for hitting that play button for another episode of the Guthrie America podcast. We are on a mission to have every story told of those doing life in our favorite town. And those from here will yours be next. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, until next time choose Guthrie, go in. Awesome.